Before we get started, a quick update for y'all. Recently, I had the opportunity to join the Lowe's Pro Council Ambassador Program. To break that down for you, that basically means we are helping provide feedback and ideas to Lowe's executives. And we're also spreading the word about Lowe's programs that are specifically designed for pros. Now, my personal philosophy on brand partnerships is this. I will only work with a company if I already use and believe in their product or service. And in this case, I've been a customer and a fan of Lowe's for years. I've actually always preferred to shop there. So I'm excited to announce this partnership. And in the coming months, I'll be sharing more about what Lowe's is doing to help pros. And as always, thank y'all for supporting our podcast and our community of builders. What's up, y'all? Got a new episode today. 12 critical client conversations for a successful project. Hope everybody is doing great. It's Sunday afternoon here in Austin, Texas, the worldwide Building Optimal headquarters where I'm recording this. So that's how much I love you guys, just so you know. It's a Sunday afternoon. And I'm putting this together. No, in, in all seriousness, thank you guys, each of y'all for listening. Building Optimal is something that helps keep me sharp in my business. Uh, I hope it does the same for you guys. So it is always with gratitude that I get to record each and every one of these episodes. So thank you guys. Um, let's jump into this one, shall we? 12 critical client conversations for a successful project. I am going to use my company, Gossett & Company's pre-construction client guide as our teacher on this episode. I'm going to go through the primary components of that and share with you guys what I put in our pre-construction client guide that it has been a trial and error process over many years. Now, this Pre-construction client guide is something that I give to people as the second document that I will hand out whenever we enter into a pre-construction agreement with somebody, meaning as soon as us and client feel like we mutually want to go down that path of possibly building and we're going to help quarterback the pre-construction process, this is a document that helps us guide that conversation and set expectations for the entire project to come. And it is so important to have these conversations right up front. I'm saying 12 conversations, plural. Really, this is one conversation with just 12 components. So let's go to the first one here. First thing I like to discuss is the critical path and everyone's responsibility. So I generally will show a chart in our pre-con client guide that walks us through our best estimate of the amount of months it'll take to complete the pre-construction process. And I have everyone's responsibility color-coded by month. So we've got three different 
parties we've got color coded here in that we've got client, we've got the design team, I lump architecture, uh, engineering and interior design into that. And then we've got builder. So first and foremost, establish a critical path of exactly how it looks, who's responsible for what, and it'll help your clients get a lot more clear on what they should be doing when and what they should be expecting generally uh, along a time frame. Very, very important there. You got to remember you do this all the time. So this is really basic elementary stuff to you, but a lot of your clients maybe have never done it before. Maybe they did it once a few years ago. So we've got to communicate to our client and that is someone who's not an expert in this business. And that's what we're doing. We're guiding them through this. So number one, critical path. Number two, construction draws. I think it is very important that you break down how the process works with your client. So you explain to them about how many draws you do, about how frequently. In my case, we have more or less fixed milestones that we draw from. Some of you guys may draw twice a month, once a month. Everybody's got their own process. It doesn't matter as long as you properly explain it up front so that they understand exactly how it's going to play out. I also have a little section in the draw part where I talk about the process, exactly the steps involved, about how we submit a draw request to them, or if they have a lender to their lender, the lender will perform an on-site inspection, etc. So I recommend you cover all of those points in the section on your draws. Number three, this is something that maybe isn't so important to all y'all, but it is to us. We talk about our trade partners or uh, our subcontractors up front, and we explain that we have carefully curated and selected our list of trade partners, and we don't go work with outside trade partners. And we explain why, because we say that we spend a great amount of time and energy onboarding new trade partners, training them, processing their paperwork, ensuring that all their risk management practices are on par with ours, etc. So I like to have that conversation up front because that way, whenever or if a client comes to us and says, I've given this example so many times before, I think on this podcast, hey, my brother-in-law is a painter or sells wood floor out of so-and-so. It just helps us go back to that rather than having to have that conversation from scratch right there. We can, we've already had it well in advance. So I like to have that up front, talk about trade partners as being something that we don't really just willy-nilly switch up. All right, next one, number four, change orders, critical conversation to have. Talk about exactly how you handle change orders. So I talk about our process and I walk through all of the steps that are required in the change order process. And I also explain exactly what a change order is. My company will change order or produce a change order for every single material deviation from the contracted plans and specs. I really think everybody should do that. I don't care whether you're on fixed price or cost plus, any sort of material change, and you're gonna have to define that subjectively. But any sort of material change from the contracted plans and specs should be documented with a change order. Otherwise, you're just asking for way, way too much uh, liability on your own shoulders. And by the way, even if you're not going to charge a client anything, this goes back to an earlier episode on our happy client hacks. I always recommend even zero cost change order. So you send them a change order that has zero cost. You're still, it serves to A, document what you're doing and B, it serves to establish a little bit of goodwill with your client that they see that you're from time to time, if it's nothing huge, not going to 
cost you anything or anything substantive, then do a zero cost change order. So on to the next point. I'm losing track of my numbers here. All right, guys. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep going forward. We've got pre-construction services fee. That's the ne next topic that I like to hit on. Uh, our pre-construction services fee is just a discussion in which we say that the fee we have outlined in our pre-construction agreement, which accompanies this guide in which I'm laying out all this information, we say that that fee, if we all mutually agree to move towards a construction agreement at the end of this process, well, we will credit that fee towards the construction agreement. You may not do that. Maybe you don't credit that fee. I just still would outline exactly the nature of how that fee works. It is most likely going to be covered in your pre-construction services agreement or contract, but I like to just call it out sometimes to take it out of the legalese and reiterate exactly what's happening in this simple guide. Next point, interior designers. I think this is a really important conversation to discuss how you all work with designers, their role in the project for us. We've found that some interior designers can be incredibly additive and helpful to a project, and some can be incredibly distractive and cost everyone a lot more money and time and conflict. So for us to help control that process, we have a list of recommended interior designers. We've got three that we recommend, and we say, if you work with them, we will give you a credit of $7,500 off of our fee in the construction agreement. And the idea is to incentivize people to work with our selected interior designers so that we know we've got a really good project team we can trust and we'll actually save more than that amount of money on our overhead and our time and the headaches by offering that sort of credit. You don't have to do that. I still would recommend talking about your role with an interior designer or the interior design process and exactly how you like to see that play out. Even if you have your own in-house or you really don't care and you'll work with anybody, it's just a really hot button topic that should always get discussed. Moving on to the next point, deposits. So outline exactly how you structure your deposits in your construction agreement, which at the time of this conversation should not be signed, right? In fact, that construction agreement should probably be months out in the future when you have this conversation. These conversations, just to reiterate, should happen as soon as you know you're working with a client. So for us, again, as soon as we sign that pre-construction services agreement, we have these conversations. So the deposit, how much do you ask for and exactly um, what is the nature of that deposit? What does it cut? I actually like to explain exactly the purpose of the deposit just because most clients not being in this business want to understand exactly what it is for. So it just helps proactively eliminate any sort of um, defensive posture someone might have by wondering, well, no, I don't want to pay a deposit until work is done. Um, and they can understand that, you know, we explain that the deposit just helps offset some of a project's work capital and that's the reason we have it so everybody may have a different reason for why they ask for a deposit you can steal hours if you want happy for you to do that construction agreement i like to lay out up front the construction agreement that we use and also send it to the client so this is important i send our construction agreement to clients with 
now it's obviously blank and it's in template format, but I'll send it to them up front with our pre-construction services agreement so that they can, if they're so inclined, start reviewing it and send it to their attorney if that's what they're going to do. But very important that you try to have that conversation or that review of your construction agreement earlier in the process because um, it's a lot better if you're going to hit some sort of impasse over language in the contract. You want to know about it early on versus the 11th hour when you're about to sign. You've invested hundreds of hours in the pre-construction of the project and now everybody's back is up against the wall and feeling obligated to work with each other and you're at this impasse. That's never a fun place to be in. So better to have that conversation early. All right, on to the next one. Communication rhythm. Very, very important. And this is where I see a lot of projects go off the rails. So your clients need to feel upfront like they have some sort of expectation they can rely on about the nature and frequency of your communication with them during this pre-construction process. So one of the worst things you can do is get busy with other projects. And this client's project might be in a lull or might be in a slow spot. And so naturally not much is happening with it. You know, that is a common occurrence, right? But establishing a regular communication for me, I prefer a 10 minute weekly call with all of my clients that I'm in pre-construction with just to check in with them and chat with them and give them an update. It takes a lot of anxiety and stress out of the process for them. Just feeling like even if it's a week where it's a, hey, not much has happened. Here is what we got coming up. That's better than just nothing. Better than just a week of crickets and silence. So that's a happy client hack I highly recommend to everybody. And you know what? Maybe it's not a weekly 10 minute call for you. Maybe it's weekly emails or bi-weekly, but again, establishing some expectation of how often they can expect to hear from you and then you stick into it. Very important. Next one, your preferred communication method. I think this is, this is a really underestimated topic of discussion. So how does your team generally preferred to be communicated with? Um, we may be a little stricter than most on this front, but I think it's important to establish what it is that you prefer. If you're on a construction management software and you prefer to go through that, this is the place to tell them and this is the time to tell them. You know, we prefer um, all emails outside of our regularly scheduled meetings with our clients, be it phone calls or on-site meetings. We prefer conversations and communication to go through email. And why is that? Well, it's just personal preference for us. We feel like texts are much harder to search harder to keep up with. So we like uh, we like email. And, and also it provides a little bit more of a time buffer. Sometimes when people are texting you, they have this expectation of like an immediate response. So we tell people our preferred method of communication, the way we can get back to you fastest is through email. And we also tell people we'll endeavor to get back to them within 24 hours. Next point, the expenses people should pay or should expect to pay during this pre-construction process. So people, I hope, are going to be paying you a pre-construction services fee. Question is, what else are they going to need to come out of pocket with before they actually close on that construction loan or close on that construction contract and start building it with cash? Uh, a few things that are always in play for us, they're going to have to pay for land surveys, architects and designers, engineers, permit consultants, city permit fees, etc. So we call out those people that they're going to have to pay. So that way they're expecting to have to write those checks during the course of pre-construction. And we also estimate about how much we think, you know, these things typically come out to on average for our projects. That way they can budget. Last but not least, business hours and location. We like to establish exactly our hours of operation, Monday to Friday, eight to five. Yours may be different. It's one of the more uncomfortable things about custom home building for my 
my team has been getting into these rhythms with clients where clients are expecting 24-7 service. So they'll be texting you, calling you on nights and weekends. And sometimes that's necessary, right? If someone's giving us a ton of money to build their home and it's something that is urgent, we need to probably keep our lines open more or less. That's a debatable stance, but that's my stance. But I think that that really needs to be reserved for urgent conversations, things that can't wait. And it's really, hopefully if the project's been well-planned, will be close to the amount of times that'll happen over the course of a project will be zero or close to that. Now, the thing that is very avoidable is getting in, establishing a habit, which a lot of us as business owners do because we are working nights and weekends. So we start uh, responding to clients anytime, day or night. And what happens? Well, the rest of our team now is probably going to be held to that same standard. So once your project managers there on site or your purchasing managers or whoever is interfacing with clients, now all of a sudden your clients are probably going to expect that same level of service from them. So it's just better to set the standard that you are a business like every other business. And what are your hours? When are your lines open? So that is what we like to do. And it served us well. We've seen big uh, improvements in, uh, in our quality of life in terms of how often our team is getting pinged on nights and weekends after we've implemented that. All right, that's it. Those are my major conversations, 12 in total, I believe, that I think are very important to have with your clients up front. So I hope you guys have found this of some use. By the way, here's my offer. We're trying to grow the podcast. It's actually been amazing to see it grow over the last few years when we really haven't put much effort into the marketing of it. But I would like to see it continue to grow. Uh, There will be more that we can offer to the community as it does. So if you're a fan of the podcast and you think you have five builder, remodeler, contractor friends that might find the podcast of value, if you'll share it with them and send me an email. So just share the link with them. Tell them that you enjoy the podcast. And then you email me, email me at jared at gossetco.com. That's J-A-R-E-D at G-O-S-S-E-T-T-C-O.com. I will actually send you a copy of my own pre-construction client guide that has all of this stuff a little bit more in it. That way you can build from there. So happy building to everybody. Thanks for listening.